Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Boudis. On today's show, we're going to talk about savings bonds. Not just what they are and should you invest in them, but also what are your options if you have an old one? When someone buys a savings bond now from the U.S. Treasury, everything is done online. You open an online account, just like you would any online brokerage account, and the bonds are held in that account. You can log on, you can see what interest you're receiving, what the bonds are worth. But years ago, it was common to receive gifts in the forms of savings bonds issued by the Treasury. Most likely back then, you received physical paper copies of the bonds. They weren't stored or transferred or purchased online. And either you or your parents, if you were young, stored them in a draw somewhere. Recently, I had people approach me after doing some spring cleaning where they uncovered these old paper bonds that were acquired many years ago, and they want to know what they should do with them. Another area that's put spotlight on savings bonds recently is the rising popularity of I-bonds or inflation bonds, which we'll also talk a little bit about. We'll talk about how to figure out what your bonds are worth and go through your options um, once you do find them, what you could actually do with them, which usually includes things like cashing them out, holding on to them if they're still collecting interest, or roll them into something else. And we'll explain why you may want to do that. Uh, We'll also cover the tax implications for each of these actions that you can take. All right, so let's start off savings bonds. With the definition of savings bonds, they're a way for um, investors or Americans to purchase U.S. government debt. So the U.S. government has two ways of or two main ways of generating money, and that's by levying taxes. But also they can sell bonds and investors can purchase these bonds and receive interest back from the U.S. government. U.S. government has never defaulted. Doesn't mean it won't in the future. So it's a relatively safe, secure way of investing, but the interest rate is also reflects that. Uh, most of these types of bonds have a face value between $50 to $10,000. And some of the other characteristics about them are they stop earning interest after 30 years. They must be owned for at least one year before they can be redeemed and five years before they can be redeemed without any penalty. And what the penalty is, is that you would, if you do redeem them before five years, you lose your last three months of interest. So there are three types of savings bonds. There's Series E, Series EE, and Series I. And the way that these work, the money that you invest in these, they're exempt from state and local taxes, but the interest earned is taxable by the federal government, which is kind of ironic since the federal government is the one that you're buying them from, and yet they say you must pay tax to us, but you're exempt from paying tax to the the state. So Series E, the government stopped issuing these types of bonds in 1980, So if you have one, you're sitting on something that no longer exists. They had a 40-year maximum if they were issued before November 1965 and then 30 years uh, before they matured uh, after that. So as an example, if you had a bond that was uh, one of these Series E bonds that was issued in 1978, it would have matured in 2008. Then there are the Series EE. These served as a replacement for the E bonds, and these earn different interest rates depending on the issue date. Um, so double E bonds issued between May 1997 and April 2005, they earn variable interest, 
while those purchased after May 2005 earned fixed interest. And similarly, the Series E bonds can earn interest for up to 30 years. Then there's the Series I. Um, so the I in the Series I stands for inflation. No one paid any attention to these bonds over the past 10 years because there was no inflation. These bonds are designed to protect against inflation because the way they, they work is they have a combined fixed rate, but also a semi-annual inflation rate that's based off of the consumer price index, which measures inflation. So every November, every May, bonds look at this consumer price index and the interest that they'll pay for the next six months is based off of that index and what inflation is at that specific time. So right now, inflation is running high. These bonds are paying over 9% interest. Now, it's going to reset again in November, and maybe inflation isn't at 9% in November. Maybe it's less, but I think we're ways away from getting back to where the inflation rate was so low. Previously, it was basically the equivalent of putting, you know, money under the mattress because the inflation was so low that these bonds didn't pay any interest. So they are getting a lot of publicity now. You know, one of the characteristics of Series I bonds is that one person can only purchase up to $10,000 a year in Series I bonds. So you can't take a really big lump sum of money and go crazy purchasing I bonds. But if you do have, say, a family of four, you can purchase, you can put $40,000 into I bonds, you know, 10000 under each social for the year. So you definitely can get um, some money into them. Usually the first question then that comes up is once you find some old savings bonds, how do you know what these things are worth? The first thing you want to do, and most of this is going to be on your bond, is you want to know what type of bond is it, what's the denomination on it, so what's the face value on it, what's the serial number, and then what's the issue date. Once you have those four pieces of info, you can go Treasury Direct, which is the website uh, that the government uses to manage all of these uh, these savings bonds. They have a savings bond calculator on the website, so you can find out how much your bond is is worth. We'll link specifically to that calculator in our show notes. If you have 10 bonds, you can put in those four pieces of information 10 times and you can calculate what all those are, are worth. And you may be pleasantly surprised. Um, so as an example, a $50 bond issued in August 1982, which when someone purchases, they didn't actually pay $50. They probably paid $25 for it. But that bond now, if you'd look that up, it's worth $146.90. So if someone's $25 purchase is now up to $150, you know, even though we went through a period of time in the 2000, let's say the 2000s to the 2020s, where interest rate was very low, these bonds were kicking off a decent amount of interest back in the 80s and even the 90s. Once you kind of figure out what these are worth, you have to make a decision of what do you do with them. And one of the things that people, you you first want to check and what this calculator will show you is if it's still generating interest. If it's still generating interest, you have to make a decision. Do you want to just let it stay there and generate interest and it'll tell you what interest rate it's uh, accruing at? Or it might say it's fully matured, and then you have to make a decision. And one of the most common things that people do is they want to redeem them, which is basically cashing out your savings bonds. Now, there are a couple ways to do this. The most common way is if you take your paper savings bond and you go and try and redeem it at a bank that you usually have an account with. So there's no like list of financial institutions on the Treasury Direct website that will redeem your savings bonds. But uh, the first place I would start with is call the bank that you have an account with and see if they'll redeem them. 
if they won't, and there, it is possible because some banks won't redeem them, you can redeem them directly through the Treasury uh, Department. They have a form on their website. It's called the Form 1522. You just have to get that signed, certified, and mail your unsigned bonds back to Treasury Retail Security Services. But one thing you have to note, whether you're mailing them in or whether you're bringing them to a bank or credit union, if you're not listed as the owner of the bond or the co-owner of the bond, you have to submit some kind of legal evidence that shows you're entitled to cash that particular bond. So now some of the things to consider when you're redeeming these. What's the tax implication of selling these? So I mentioned earlier that the interest on the savings bond They're subject to federal tax, but not state or local. And also, they are considered as part of someone's estate. Now, when you purchase a bond, uh, you have the option of either paying the tax year by year or deferring paying the tax on it. Most people choose to defer tax on it. So you probably weren't paying tax year by year that you had these bonds, but you are going to owe tax. So one of the questions is, What about the ownership of the bonds and who is responsible for paying tax on it? The ownership of the bond governs who's uh, responsible for paying tax. Um, So I'll give you some examples. Uh, So if you're the only owner on the bond, not surprisingly, you're the one that owes the tax. If you use your money to purchase the bond that you put in your name with a co-owner, you still owe the tax on it. If you buy the bond, but someone else is named as the only owner, the person who is named as the owner, not you, owes the tax on it. And then if you and another person buy a bond together where each of you put in some money to buy the bond, you're both named as co-owners, you and the other person must report your proportion of the interest in proportion to how much you each paid for the bond. And again, Treasury Direct website has a section called tax considerations. So you can find some more information out about that. But when you do redeem it, uh, you'll receive an IRS form 1099-INT for the cash bonds. If you cash the, bon- uh, the bonds at a bank, they'll provide the form. They may even give it to you right then and there when you cash it, or they may mail it to you to you later. As far as it goes with reporting interest for on these bonds for taxes, you know, like I said, you can defer taxes and pay them when you cash in the bond when it matures or when you relinquish, relinquish or transfer the bond to another owner. Alternatively, like I said, you can also pay it yearly as the interest accrues on it. Most savings bond owners choose to defer the taxes until they redeem it, um, which is fine. It just means that when you do redeem it, you're going to owe tax tax on it. One of the things to note is that a bond that's reached its maturity and stopped earning interest, it's automatically considered redeemed, and the interest amount is or should be reported to the IRS. It's reported on that 1099 INT, and you would in, that's what you would include on your yearly tax return. If the bond owner decided to report the interest income yearly, then the same thing happens, but it's just year by year. And that way, there's not a lump sum of tax that's owed when you redeem it, but you are paying whatever interest was earned. You're paying tax on whatever interest was earned uh, for the for the year. Another question I get is, well, is there any way that these can be uh, rolled into something or transferred into something where I wouldn't, I could avoid paying taxes on these types of bonds? And the one way is you can either use them or roll them into like a 529 or something that's used to pay for qualified higher education cost, which includes expenses that you pay either for yourself for higher education, your spouse, a qualified dependent. Now, some of the things to consider before you cash out your bonds. One, you want to watch for the penalties. We talked about, uh, well, one, you can't redeem it within a year, but also that five-year mark and, you know, you'll forfeit three months of interest. Now, it may make sense even if you do forfeit the three months, either you need to use the money or, uh, you know, just the interest that 
the bonds are accruing at isn't worth it. And there's other opportunities out there where you can attain a higher interest rate and giving up or forfeiting the, the previous three months of interest still makes sense. You know, when you do look at the value of the bond, you want to look at what interest rate is out there. You know, one of the things that's changed a lot this year are interest rates on fixed income. They've gone up a lot. So there may be alternatives out there and you have to look, you have to look and compare the risk versus the uh, the interest that any investment is generating and see if, if it's worth it. I mentioned some people are finding significant amounts of money in bonds. So you may look at it and say, wow, you know, if I use this, I may be able to pay off debt or there might be some other financial planning activity that you could use those funds for. So you want to look and say, well, what's the opportunity cost if I keep it in the savings bonds versus if you use it for something else? And like I said, you want to compare the interest rate that the bonds are, are generating versus uh, maybe a high yield savings account or maybe something else where you have more flexibility. The other questions that come up is someone says, well, I think I used to have a bond, but I lost track of them or I don't know where it is. Do I have any options with that? So here you do. Again, the Treasury Direct, there is a form called uh, Form 1048 which is uh, for claiming lost, stolen, or destroyed savings bonds. And you know what you would have to do is you just have to pull that uh, form out, fill it out, send that in, and you may be able to recover a lost bond. To wrap up, a lot of people got these as gifts. They were very popular as gifts, so you may have some old ones. And if you're not sure where to go for your first step, this show notes on this page will have uh, some good resources to go to. A lot of them are treasurydirect.gov pages. But if you'd like and you still have questions and would rather talk to someone, feel free to <clears throat> set up a call from my website, boutisfinancial.com backslash call. We can look and see what your options are for bonds you have. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.